Welcome to a Monday. We know who the starting quarterback is for the USF Bulls as about 30 minutes before we had our first running of Bulls beat, Gary Bohannon in a very sly tweet introducing QB1, Gary Bohannon. For those of you who are familiar with parlance, QB1 or whatever position RB1 you're at means you are the starter at that position. There was a scrimmage on Saturday. If you read GoUSFBulls.com, Joey Johnston was there and makes it sound like there was a pretty even competition, but clearly Bohannon showed the coaching staff perhaps a little bit more leadership, a little bit more control of the offense. And for the reasons that I'm sure Coach Scott will be talking to us on Tuesday about in a press conference that you will hear live on USF Bulls Unlimited, Gary Bohannon is your starting quarterback. The transfer from Baylor has the job. What does that mean for Timmy McLean? Well, time will tell, but let's start off the show there. But let's go back. A few things happened over the weekend, going back to Friday night, actually Friday afternoon. A video of a football player getting his full scholarship from being a walk-on that, as we're recording this on a Monday morning, has almost been viewed 300,000 times. I couldn't stop watching it. We'll give you an update on that situation. We'll also, speaking of Friday night in our second segment, give you highlights from the men's soccer exhibition win against St. Leo, one to nothing. Tell you some observations from that as we were able to, well, observe a lot of it, being that we carried the match live for you on USF Bulls Unlimited. Next live play-by-play event is Tuesday night with the men going up against the University of Tampa in the Rowdies Cup. Oh, yes, Saturday morning there was this little football scrimmage. There were some quality videos put out by the USF Football Twitter folks. If you want to see some takeaways, we'll tell you what happened. I have a little intel on some other stuff. We're not going to give away any formations or playbook stuff, but uh, some cool stuff that I heard happened as well. Plus, some audio from Friday that is still relevant when it comes to Travis Trickett along with Jaron Mangum. Baseball, it was USF Day at Tropicana Field. That was pretty cool as well. So yeah, a lot to get to here on a Monday. Hopefully you've seen it by now. If you haven't, you have to go back to the USF Football Twitter account. They posted it on Friday afternoon. It was the, and these I always watch, no matter what the school is, pretty much, when a walk-on player gets the news that they are a full scholarship player. It happens in other sports, but the USF football ones are always pretty enjoyable because Jeff Scott does his best to sort of play it up and be cool about it, be casual about it, like just a normal situation. And in this case, Dewan Cease, who is a defensive tackle, previously played at Allen University, a small school in South Carolina in Columbia, is from Bamberg, South Carolina, and played for the Bulls last year, saw action in one game. He's been doing a lot of great work, and he could have easily figured he wasn't going to be brought back with all the new players that were transferring in, especially on the defensive line. Now, what you might not know, and the video doesn't tell you, is that there's a lot more to his story, and I have a feeling we'll be interviewing him at some point real soon. But essentially, his home in South Carolina was wiped out by the hurricanes, the bad weather from last year. So he had a lot going on. And of course, the poignant thing in the video, most poignant thing, I think, is this videotape message from his mother saying how much they've been through, how much she misses him, and how she will ride with him until the wheels fall off. That got to me. That got to me. But either way, you have to check it out. And just letting you all know that I'll be seeking out Mr. Dewan Cease for sure. Now, his buddies and his defensive line mates and the entire defense had a great scrimmage, and that was a big-time development. 
the quarterback battle, of course, is the lead thing that everyone wants to talk about. Statistically, the numbers were similar between Bohannon and McLean, but there was just enough of an edge displayed by Bohannon that he, again, if you missed the very beginning of the show, has already been named the starting quarterback for the Bulls after their first scrimmage. But the defense forcing four turnovers, eight sacks. Now, keep in mind during scrimmages, you could be watching a normal-looking football play, and all of a sudden you hear a whistle plays over because the quarterback was touched. That's right. Now, you can once you get past the line of scrimmage, do the normal thing, and it's etiquette that you're not going to get popped, but you are going to get touched. Uh, however, if you are even nicked in the backfield, the officials are instructed to call it off. So how many of those were actual true sacks is up for debate? Uh, Three of them were credited to Dwayne Boyles, but the fact that the Bulls' defensive line was getting into the backfield, doing a good job, is a big deal. Of course, the defensive line, a very interesting mixture of veterans and transfers. Jamel Logan, the guy that's notably up 20 pounds, you anticipate anyway, would be on one end. You've got Jason Vaughn. You've got Troy Hansford, the transfer from Missouri, as edge rushers. You've got Rashawn Yates in the middle. Everyone talks about the one transfer from Minnesota, DJ Gordon at linebacker, but don't forget about another guy, Rashad Chaney, who goes 6'2", 285, and actually was at Minnesota for three years, but due to not playing in one season and only playing in four games in 2020, has three years of eligibility left. So the fact is you've got much more depth up front, and it's a 4-2-5 system that Bob Shoup plays primarily, so you're looking at two linebackers between Greer, Boyles, DJ Gordon, and some of the other guys, that's covered. And they just have a lot of guys in the secondary. And essentially, I mean, you could go with your prototypical two corners, two safeties, and of course you have the star. Basically, one of the safeties plays a lot closer to the box than the others. But if you look at just the guys that the Bulls have brought in, those could be your traditional two corners and two safeties. Guys that have transferred in the last two seasons. So, A.B., that's Amaris Brown, could play on one corner. He's a thumper. He could be that defensive back that is almost like a linebacker. And then the triumvirate that came in last year, all with kind of similar names, by the way. Took me a while, I'll admit, to get them situated in my head. But you have a Will, a Hill, and a Williams. That would be Will Jones, who didn't get to play last year. Matthew Hill, who's been so great at safety, along with Kristen Williams, a corner. Oh, yeah, don't forget Mikhail LaPointe and T-Mac Simpson, who is a safety. Oh, yeah, there's Day-Day Evans, who is, you've got to think, going to be one of the starting corners. So the Bulls have a lot of depth, and those guys were all making plays, making the quarterbacks who are trying to distinguish themselves find the going tough down the field or maybe on fade routes in goal line situations. Hill, who is kind of that nickelback. Had an interception that if you go on Twitter on Monday morning, you can see it's the first highlight in their little highlight package of defensive standout plays. You also had Ben Knox, cornerback in his third season, who's really got the size tipping a pass. And Jason Vaughn dives to intercept it. Dwayne Boyles knocks the ball out. I mean, pegs it out of Brian Batiste's arms. Eddie Kelly, freshman defensive lineman who they've had high praise for and add him to that mix Talked about the veterans and the transfers. Eddie Kelly's a freshman who could see some action. And linebacker Jalen Schuler, who is a guy, again, that can play that fifth defense back, picked off a pass and took it 
to the house. Now, there were some definite offensive highlights as well, but as Jeff Scott says, in the early stages of the scrimmage, when things were one versus one, then two versus two, and you kept giving the ball around the 30-yard line and trying to make a drive out of it, there just weren't that many drives to be had. Coach Scott called the defense dominant. Now, there definitely were some plays. A Joe, a Joe really, really opened some eyes with his catch and run. He scored a 60-yard touchdown pass, but he kind of bobbled the ball a little bit, juggled it after he caught it. He was so upset with himself. Granted, after scoring the first touchdown for the offense, he was still doing the push-up thing because even though he scored a 60-yard touchdown pass, it was more like a 15- or 20-yard connection, and then a Joe took it the rest of the way, which was very impressive. Gary Bohannon to Jimmy Horn for a 31-yarder. That apparently was quite nice, a perfect pass and that's a connection we could see short yard situations jaron mangum did his thing with a couple of touchdowns according to joey johnson's story on gousfbulls.com kelly joiner actually had the longest run for 22 yards they just have so many different running backs they could use and you're going to hear jaron mangum talk about the running back room here in a second and he makes sure to include jason albritton the freshman from newsom high school who racked up the yards and touchdowns there on two back-to-back plays took a screen pass for nearly 40 yards down the right sideline, just shedding tacklers. And then next play, 11-yard line, handoff, bowls over two guys into the end zone, and apparently that got everybody extremely hyped, and Jaron Mangum included. So there's a lot I'm sure that Coach Scott will talk to us about on Tuesday. There's going to be a live press conference. Well, most press conferences are live. You will hear them live. On Tuesdays during the course of the regular season, you will hear the Tuesday press conference live. At least that's a plan at around 11.15 on USF Bulls Unlimited. But again, when he said on GoUSFBulls.com includes some negatives, namely you had officials there, as I hinted at, 15 penalties and taking away some big plays on offense. A lot of the typical stuff, offensive line, holding, some procedure stuff. Most of those penalties were committed by the offense, and that is going to rub Jeff Scott, the wrong way, said, quote, I don't think I've ever been part of a scrimmage with 15 penalties. One of our biggest expectations is to be a disciplined football team. We got exposed. We simply have to be much, much better there because one guy is undisciplined. The whole team suffers. Gosh, I just realized as I was scrolling through his article that, you know, of all the guys I mentioned that can play defensive back, I didn't even bring up Ray Thornton, who's another Clemson transfer, so... I think you can get excited about their defense. And having said that, here's some offensive sound from this goes back to Friday's Zoom call. And again, I'm not going to go through my whole spiel, but we are trying to make it more obvious. All of the audio, press conferences, interviews I've done on the shows, etc., we post on GoUSFBulls.com, along with all the other places we usually post them to. We do the full shows onto what's called the Unlimited Unloaded page. That's SoundCloud and now. Amazon Podcasts and Spotify, but if you just want individual pieces of audio, interviews, etc., head to GoUSFBulls.com. You scroll down to the audio section. There's two tabs. One is for podcasts. More on that in a second. The other says Bulls Unlimited. It's a little misleading. It's going to say, maybe it's changed by the time you hear this, but eventually it's going to say interviews, so it's pretty obvious that that's where you head to get all of the audio, but Travis Trickett's full media address is up there. All you got to do is click on that tab and go from there. However, here's a few clips. And again, I talked about the running game. He, I thought this was very interesting when he was sort of lobbed the question, hey, you got to be able to throw the ball. The running game has kind of gone by the wayside to some degree in football. 
Here's his answer. I'm not in that line of thinking still. I think it all starts with being able to run the football. It starts and ends winning the line of scrimmage. And and being able to run the football is being able to run the football when you need to run it. Uh, let me put it that way. So if you want to run it whenever, then run it whenever. But like even if you're an air raid team, being able to run it when you need to, that's you have to be able to run the football. Because if you can become one-dimensional in any aspect, you can't be one-dimensional anymore. So the, really, I guess more plus I'd say you can't just be a one-dimensional team and win. You've got to be able to, you know, I say run the ball and then throw it, you know, when, when the opportunity comes. But, yes, the bubble screens, the screens are part of the run game, though. Yes, I mean, that's when teams start to to stretch the field and and, and control sideline to sideline. You've got to be able to do it. Some people don't with RPOs, but the screens allow you to where they want to bring pressure. Now they're down, and then you can get out. And, and But you got to be physical and you got to win the point of attack. And a lot of people don't want to be tough anymore. So, we got to be one of those tough teams. Hey, Travis, how would you evaluate the skill set of uh, Jaron Mangum? And what I mean by that uh, essentially is last year when he got here, you know, he said he kind of had been put in a box as a short yardage back and not a guy that would be featured. And he thought maybe he could be that guy. And we saw flashes of both last year. So what, what do you have in Jaron Mangum? Number one, our entire back, our, our running back coach by Cam Aiken is like is loaded. We got some really good backs there. Jaron is a big man. He is a big man, and he's athletic. Like he's extremely athletic. He's got great hands. Um, he's a really good football player. He is a really good football player. When it comes, like, and I'm just saying that like, if they want to bring a blitz, he'll step up in the hole and he'll block the blitz. He does a lot of things good. Okay. And so where Jaron is just going to be make sure he stays in shape at a high level and takes care of his body because, yes, he could. Like, if we didn't have the depth in that room, Jaron could probably carry the load if we needed to. But the good thing is is that running backs got tread on tires, right? And so, you know, we have a room that's going to be able to spell each other, keep these guys fresh and change the pace backs. And that's why I'm excited. But Jaron, he can be – no doubt. Take advantage of your advantages. You're 230 pounds, be 230. But he, the good thing is he can be – he's a good space player for 230. But he doesn't try to be small. He understands he's big. So when he's in space, he still plays big. So I totally agree that he is a guy that uh, – in a sense that can, is definitely more than just a short yardage guy, without question. He's a, He's got the chance to be a complete back. He's taking care of his body. He's being able to stay in shape and be able to do that. But the great thing is is that he doesn't have to get worn down. We've got – Kelly Joyner, and you got Mikey Dukes, Mikey Hamilton, and Brian Batty, and and I mean, you just the list goes on and on. So, um, really excited about that room. And sticking with that room, yeah, Jared Mangum knows he doesn't have to do it all, but he can do plenty. Loves his running mates. Honestly, I'm just really so excited just because I love that room. Um, I love those guys. Like we're just so close, and every single day we go out there and get each and every one of us better. You know, Kwan Powell not being able to play last year, he's all up on me. You know, he wants to learn the game. He has, he has the ceiling is so high for him. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he just wants to learn every day. Kwan is just great. And then you know, Mikey Duke's coming in also, and he's just been phenomenal also throughout camp. And then he's even Jason Albritton. Jason Albritton should also be getting talked about too because he's been great also. And everyone in that room just wants to learn, and and it just it's just a great feeling, you know that all of us can feed off of one another. And every single day that we go out there, we make each and every one of us better. So I just really love that room and that group of guys that I'm with right now. A sure sign how much he loves his guys. No matter the player, it's hard to get, you know, more than a 30-second answer from a student athlete. That was 
47 seconds and that was trimmed a little bit so he could go on and on which he just did and something that I think we all know Timmy McLean is a running threat but that is something that Gary Bohannon certainly brings as well and there's going to be some designed runs for him I saw the video of one play it looked like from around the six yard line where he fakes the handoff and basically shot onto the left side and just needed one block and got in and he said that's touchdown that's touchdown like he is a he, he's got that leadership, and I think that might have had a little bit to do. The experience, the confidence, maybe a little bit more accurate on a lot of the shorter passes that seem to be not a staple, but a big part of the offense for Travis Trickett. So remember, Coach Scott will be speaking on Tuesday during a press conference. We'll have that for you. And even though Gary Bohannon was not scheduled to speak in that press conference, maybe we'll get a chance to talk to him again about being named the starter. Bull Speed Ahead returned on Friday and get ready for a lot more where that came from. We'll also have a recap with highlights of the men's soccer from Friday night and other notes when it comes to your USF Bulls. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat. This is the Unlimited Unloaded page. Before we get to men's soccer and again repeating our top story. Sound like a very important cast when I say that. Gary Bohannon is the starting quarterback. And I'm curious if the folks at USF, I know they already do this, but we'll make sure to get ahead of it because a lot of folks are going to want to pronounce it Jerry, what with the G, but no, it's Gary. It's GB. He'll answer to that as well. And he will answer to QB1, GB. Before we get to men's soccer, the highlights from the win on Friday night and a concerning injury note. Hopefully it's not that concerning, but we'll have that for you as well. And remember, we still have some of those photo shoot interviews with men's soccer and volleyball and the women's soccer team, which will be kicking off its season on Sunday. Still to air here on Bulls Beat. Volleyball is next weekend, and yes, yours truly will be on the microphone for those. I know they had a scrimmage on Saturday afternoon. I saw several of the members, look like the whole team, on Friday night at the men's soccer game rooting those guys on but here's some of bull speed ahead from friday we air it fridays and it repeats throughout the course of the weekend and a little bit in the early week but there will be fresh bull speed aheads with michael kelly every friday that is the plan on this one it had been a while so we did a lot of catching up 30 minutes worth you can still catch it on bulls unlimited you can go to gousfbulls.com they had a nice little write-up on it and it's available anywhere you want to check it out but here on bulls beat just a few minutes of the big initials, IPF first. The number of projects going on right now simultaneously and being planned for, I really don't think has ever been done in our in our history. This is really, uh, it's intentional, it's strategic, and it's uh, important. So we appreciate the support of people making this happen. But of course, the biggest thing that, that we've been working hard on is the indeed the indoor performance facility. Uh, amazing progress there, as, as many have seen and many track on social media. It's a, it's a humongous facility. It's, it's beautifully designed. And uh, we're at a point now where, you know, it's totally enclosed. And now we're really working over the next couple of weeks on, on, on just the installation of the playing surface itself. So a lot of laser, uh, you know, get, getting getting the, the floor perfectly ready to, to yeah. bring in the installation of the turf. And, and once that's installed, you know, we'll be able to get access to it for, for you know, for our student athletes to at least get in there. Even before the, the f- every final punch list is done, we're going to fi- have the ability sure. as soon as they uh, turn us loose here this uh, this fall to be able to get in there. So. But everyone that's had a chance to peek at it on social media, everyone that kind of sees just knows how uh, how big it is, how not only uh, functional it will be for us, but how uh, 
you know, it's symbolic. It's symbolic about the era we're in and the seriousness we are in terms of investing in our student athletes, and we're excited about it. So it's funny how the initials are just ingrained in my head now: IPF, OCS. I know they're not the same thing, but they're along the same path. They talk about the same uh, big-time path as far as the football program and other sports here at the school. So uh, everything that we hear and see about a future on-campus stadium continues to just lock it in. It's not if it's when, and so what's the latest on the win? Yeah, that's exactly right. It w- wouldn't be an episode of Bull Speed Ahead without an update on the OCS, <laughs> so we'll have to kind of make that make that part of the part of the equation. But it's been, uh, to take a step back and remember that uh, September 8th or thereabouts of last year when the Chairman Weatherford and President Law kind of made that a, a statement uh, to see the amount of progress we've made since that time is really uh, gratifying and very encouraging to know that uh, that this is really going to happen. And as you said, a matter of uh, of when, not not if. And I can still say that right now we're on pace to that when would be uh, to play our first season in the fall of 26. That was the, kind of the chairman's focus. And I, at this point, everything uh, is still allowing to stay on that schedule. Uh, when you take a step back and thinking about since that September 8th date, we've been able to get a lot of people together, do a lot of due diligence to identify the, the site that we think is absolutely ideal in terms of the Sycamore Fields and uh, for all the reasons we've expressed in earlier podcasts. Uh, but but since then, uh, the big thing that's going on right now, we're in the midst of the process to select what you call a design-build uh, firm or a design-build team. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, involve either one or multiple construction managers along with one or multiple uh, design firms. They're going to kind of build the build this process for us. So once that's selected, which we have every intention of having it done in time for our next board meeting, which is in early September, uh, that'll allow us to really work hand-in-hand with a design team that will uh, which I would imagine would be at least probably a 12 to 16 month process where they will take account to everything that we want to make happen here, where everything that we can kind of think will make sense for this and uh, design what we think will be the ultimate perfect fa- facility for uh, USF. And uh, once that's done, that's when construction starts. So that's why I still feel, feel very comfortable and comfor- confident and comfortable as to uh, our ability to deliver on that fall of 26 standpoint. So for right now, stand by. We'll see when this, uh, who our design uh, build partners will be, and uh, we'll know that uh, in, in short time. Really is cool to be able to talk to Michael again. He had a lot going on this summer, but he is committed, as are we, to bringing you a new podcast every single week. Now, granted, some of them might not be as lengthy as others. Some will have guests. Those will be the lengthier ones. But even if it's just a 10-minute Michael talking into his phone while I'm on the road with, you know, women's basketball or something like that, and we put it on the air for you. The idea is to give you a new one every single week, and that was fun to get back at. Also fun to get back on the microphone for men's soccer, a one nothing win against St. Leo on Friday night. The exhibitions, remember, are free and open to the public. A lot of folks took advantage. I think a lot more will take advantage on Tuesday night as UT is the opponent. UT played UCF over the weekend, by the way. But the game started off with a little bit of a concern, and we'll update this for you when we can, but keep an eye on this situation, possibly. A man down. That appears to be Sal Mazzaferro on the far end of the field. And for him to be crumpled over, now he's standing up, or at least trying to, and he's going to have to come out. I was just about to say, and this is not a good sign, for Sal Mazzaferro to immediately ask out and it could be a head situation. He is holding the back of his head. Here's a guy who has basically played every minute the last two years for the Bulls. So we'll keep an eye on him as he comes off the pitch. Yeah, he's holding his neck. You just heard him say, actually, on a microphone, it's my neck stiff. Yeah, flat out, my neck stiff, I can't play. Obviously, we're keeping an eye on him 
and he did not return. And if he's not playing Tuesday, that would completely not be a surprise. There are some guys that have been injury prone that they're not going to chance it with in the preseason. You might see a little of Gabby Privatera. They have big plans for him. So the guys that we did see, especially some of the new ones, were so impressive. And the first guy off the bench when that happened, even though the crew wasn't quite ready for him to get in so quickly, was Lovro Kostanchik. He is a freshman from Slovenia. So they had to move Josh Gomina back to the defense, and Loro was playing in the midfield. He ended up on the front line in the second half and creating some opportunities. Oscar Rosano, who started on the right side, was on the big chance end in the first half a lot. Rosano now turns it into the path, intended anywhere. Perez goes away from him, but Kostanchik will try and play it in. Two guys on him, so he drops it back to Josh Gamina. Loves to deliver it with the left foot. That's a good cross. Rosano gets on the end of it and bangs it off the crossbar. That was a perfect setup. Good ball up by Sogoda Kostanchik. And right to Rosano. Oh, what a save. That was tremendous by Sabalos. The two Mexico Cityans just gave each other a look, and actually Sabalos helped up Rosano who must have been saying, oh, Dios mio, after that one. And you heard Kostanchek was creating stuff from the left side. Right from the beginning, on the right side on defense, but he was moving everywhere up and down, basically matching Josh Gomina from the left, was a man from Norway who you guys are going to love. You could just tell that he is a player, and he's a tough guy. There were some chances when... Maybe some people would have done some flopping and rolling around on the ground, but he would get right back up, and he ended up giving the Bulls the lead in the late stages. Got three Bulls in a tight space. You might want to spread out a little bit. They know that. Christensen, and it's like two on three. Rosano sees this and switches it over to Haugen on the left side. He's going to have a rip from the right side, and that one does get in. It gets through. It was a tricky shot for the goalkeeper, Kozlowski. He thought one of his defenders was going to clear it. It got past him. Kozlowski was unsighted. But Haugen has been so impressive in his first game with the Bulls. And the way he took that ball, switched it over to his right foot, you knew he was going to have something good lined up. And he curled it inside the right post for a deserved one-goal lead for the Bulls. Before that, Shagunov Alabi hit the post. They clearly had the better this game. Should have scored three or four, but they got the one and they got the win. We'll talk more about some of the individuals on the team on tomorrow's show. And of course, tomorrow night, we've got a broadcast for you to bring some of the other newcomers. Luca Hollenstein came on and played defense, but also served up some free kicks. Along with the newcomers, got a shout-out, Shion Soga. We told you some of the midfielders who have been hurt in the past, they're not really chancing in preseason. Soga played the entire 90 minutes in a preseason game, which is kind of unheard of. And even though he didn't get on the score sheet, he was very impressive, as were plenty of Bob Butehorn's Bulls. That is going to wrap up this show, the show where we announced who the starting quarterback is, Gary Bohannon. More on that story throughout the week, obviously, right here as Bulls Beat returns on a daily basis. Just to note, the start of next week, really the last chance before football for me to get away for a few days, so there will not be any shows on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, but we're not going anywhere, put it that way. I'm Derek Sharp. You've been listening to Bulls Beat on Unlimited Unloaded.